Thank you again for uh, attending the Bow River Capital meeting and letting ITR Economics be a uh, participant. I'm Brian Bolio, CEO and Chief Economist for ITR Economics, and we have some follow-on questions to answer. First one has to do with unemployment or underemployment, U6 so-called. Uh, can Brian give us his take on that because of his Department of Labor background? Uh, first, it's been a long time since I've been with the DOL, um, but I can still give you um, the, the U6. It was a, it's an alternative measure of uh, looking at unemployment. It was uh, the measure of looking at it during the Reagan years, and then it was changed to uh, the lower number, uh, much the, for the same reasons that uh, under President Bill Clinton, it was decided to uh, reformulate how the CPI was calculated, was to lower the cost uh, to the government and make things look better. Um, we've also gotten used to the the new way of doing things. So kudos to uh, whoever asked about the U6. Um, the, it's somewhat contentious. I mean, there are always gonna be some people who uh, want to work uh, but can't. And there's some that can work and don't want to, or they don't wanna to move to where the uh, jobs are. Um, the U6 is a bigger number than the unemployment numbers that we see. Um, but it's not the one that economists or politicians or policymakers gravitate toward anymore. So it really has become more of a historical footnote or something that um, people who want to talk about the broader malaise within society would uh, gravitate toward, but it isn't going to be a driving force going forward. What trends do you expect with trade and globalization? Uh, we expect that globalization will continue to grow in volume, but the rate is going to diminish. And that's part of that nationalism uh, trend that is going on, not just in the US, but Europe, Asia, South America, and North America. Increasingly, it's uh, you, me, me first. Uh, what's in it for me is what the countries are asking themselves. And speeding Brexit, even, uh, when it comes to the EU. That's trends real. Surveys are showing that more and more CEOs, approximately 66% of the CEOs, intend to bring some portion of their supply chain back to the US um, because of not only costs, but uh, politics, um, quality, protecting their uh, intellectual property. There's, there's really an, other reasons for doing it. This is going to strengthen the manufacturing sector in the United States and uh, add increasing opportunities for warehousing and distribution at the same time. So it's, it's favorable to U.S. GDP, it's favorable to U.S. manufacturing. Do you believe manufacturing indexes are a strong indicator of the direction of the economy? Yeah, I absolutely do, uh, because you, you said direction. Uh, there was one time when uh, recently in 2015-16, industrial activity went down because of the energy sector uh, taking such a hit and GDP just slowed in its rate of growth. It didn't actively go down, but on our rate of change charts, they were directionally the same. And in terms of the slowdown versus actual downturn, 
that's still something a question of degrees. So the manufacturing sector, from our perspective, uh, is still the backbone of this economy. And, you know, most people have lost sight of this, but we're the world's second largest manufacturing entity on the planet. China is number one, but you'd be surprised at uh, how close we are to China in terms of manufacturing prowess and volume. Um, it is a vital part of our economy. It's not like uh, manufacturing is a shrinking part of our GDP anymore either. That has really stabilized over the last 15 years. Next question is, what, with restaurants limited to 50% capacity or less around the country, we're likely to see a large majority out of business. Well, before I go to the actual questions associated with that, uh, that's not a universal statement. Uh, there are lots like that around the country, but there are also restaurants that are, are uh, being allowed to operate at 100% capacity um, or more than 50% if they take their proper um, protocols for protection. And I think um, you're going to see the stresses of the you know, going out of business more prevalent now that we're going into the cooler months across the United States and not able to eat outside. So for those that depended on outside eating, uh, they're the ones that are likely going to be at the most risk of going out of business. How will this impact the economy over the next couple of years? You know, it's funny, not much. Restaurants are generally a uh, transient business anyways. Um, it's a particularly precarious place to be investing one's money over the long haul, and they routinely come and they go. And the ones that are poorly capitalized this go around or don't have the cash flow um, exposing their capitalization will go under. But inevitably, somebody else is going to come along uh, at the right time and pick up on that real estate, pick up on all that kitchen equipment, and there'll be a new restaurant there. So it's a transitory uh, problem or a disruption to the industry rather than a uh, slayer of the industry. It's not like department stores at all. How will this impact employment, unemployment? It's going to lead to uh, or contribute to the one and a half to two million people that are not going to be getting their jobs back in 2021 uh, net of COVID. Remember, we went into the, the COVID recession at about six million people without a job uh, by their choice, basically, or because they didn't have the skills or they were structurally unemployed. And by the end of 2021, we'll probably have seven and a half to eight million people still unemployed. So then the differential there is that one and a half to two million people. And while politicians will sure as heck cite the eight million people still unemployed, six million weren't employed beforehand. So the real delta is the two million. And therefore, the labor pool isn't really as deep as you would think either. Employees in this sector tend to be financially at risk more than other sectors. So how will they recover? Well, they benefit clearly from um, the stimulus checks, from the uh, additional stipend associated with the unemployment. Fortunately, also, though, those folks um, have the ability to move from one restaurant to another if they so choose. And they if they raise their hand and are willing to be retrained, they're probably going to be good fodder for um, employment candidacy amongst 
other types of companies. They don't have to stay in the restaurant business. They can go to work in the retails that are still open, or they can in this increasingly digitized world, if they accept some retraining, perhaps move on to others. I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. I'm not saying that they're gonna be the first ones to come back, but I'd rather be uh, the father of a restaurant tour or somebody who works in the restaurant business than the father of uh, an airline pilot or somebody who makes their living selling cruises. Um, now again, it's a question of degrees, uh, but they're gonna come back faster better than some other sectors. And finally, this is different than 2008 because of the incredibly high unemployment. Large number of small businesses may not reopen tax-based degradation in municipalities. How will this impact the recovery? Well, the bottom line is it impacts the recovery by dragging it out. That's why we don't see GDP fully recovering until the end of 2022, the second half of 2022, more precisely. It's rising between now and then, but you're not gonna get back to where you were um, for the reasons that you cited. Uh, and they drag on the energy industry uh, by these low prices and the problems in the tourism industry, um, restaurants, all of that is gonna be a, a factor in the slope of the recovery. And that's why it's not until the end of 22 that we're, we're really all the way back there. By the way, some states, you mentioned the uh, tax revenue for some states. Um, some municipalities, some states have been hit uh, much harder than others, obviously. It's gonna vary a lot. Like California and Nevada and Kentucky and Michigan and New York and uh, Alabama are states where uh, their income is projected to be particularly acutely hard hit compared to many other states. So, you know, those of us that have the luxury of being in the rodeo or rodeo um, community, um, you know, we're much better off than a lot of other states are gonna be in that regard. So it, it, in our geographic area that concerns Bow River Capital, uh, it's relatively insulated from the broader economy. It goes back to that slope issue that I was talking about. All right, that's all the questions. Thank you again for sending them in. Thank you for listening to ITR Economics. And I hope these answers have given you some more to think about and satisfied some of what you were looking for. Have a great day. Be well.